0: Hey everybody, we're back. Did you miss us? I'm sure you've been sitting at the edge of your seat like, where's Radio been the last few weeks? Um, I just wanted to take a second and intro this episode because uh, I want to, first of all, explain the hiatus and there's also some uh, deep gratitude that I need to express. Um, As some of you might have seen, um, a few weeks ago I posted that I was running out of storage space on my server and... I was going to have to start pulling old episodes down and the wonderful people at Amp Creative. And by people, I mean Amber Getz or Amber Janky, depending on how you know her. Um, And she's going to be appearing on this podcast uh, next week um, as producer and overall Wonder Woman of Highway to Havasu. Um, She stepped in and said, Andrew, you don't need to delete all your old episodes, let me help you. So she uh, toiled away and built me a wonderful feed, and together we have created this new version of Sidekickback Radio with its own dedicated website and uh, its own server. And, uh, you know, P- Podomatic, which I was using before, was a great way to start, and I appreciate all the help Potomatic gave me, which uh, I-, I don't know how extensive that is. Uh, but anyway... So now I'm able to bring to you new content in a new way at SideKickback.com slash podcast. Um, That's probably how you're listening to this right now. But anyway, thank you, Amber, for all your help and support. And thank you all for your patience. And now, uh, here is episode 22 of SideKickback Radio, the return of SideKickback Radio here in this summer of 2015. Um, Julie Young, who is a uh, virtual reality content producer, I met her at Sundance while she was uh, showing pro- their Project Syria thing, which was, which was really, really cool. I didn't actually get to go into it and see it because the lines were so long always. Um, but it sounds awesome, and it was great to talk to her about virtual reality, which is a super interesting future thing of the entertainment industry. So without further ado, take it away, me and Julie.
1: Have you heard of Sapa? It's like, it's this region in northern Vietnam, um, like almost in China. And um, we went hiking there for three days. And um, basically, you hike and then in between, in between, like overnight, you stay overnight at homestays in like villages. Um, And it's very, very remote, like rural areas. So um, the people there, they don't speak any English and they don't even speak Vietnamese. They just speak their like village dialect and we would stay overnight at these people's homes and they like are, were just like so hospitable and they would make us food every day which was always rice and cabbage like for every single meal <laughs> it was really great but then this one night um, so basically we'd go to dinner you know every night it was my, I was with my traveling with my cousin who lives in Japan um, and we'd go to dinner every night with these people um, who were just so incredible but we we didn't have any idea what they were saying at the dinner table you know we're just sitting there sort of observing and eating Mm -hmm. um but then they they he pulls out this like sprite bottle and he was like oh and he was trying to communicate with me what it was and then he was like just in like (laughs) he was like it's happy water (laughs) i was like oh 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 i understand so then he like pours us shots and it's just like this mysterious like alcohol from a sprite bottle and in a village in northern vietnam (laughs) and i was like all right i guess we're doing it so i had like a bunch of shots of that and yeah
0: and you don't remember anything else?
1: (laughs) no i actually was totally fine but it was definitely happy water it definitely ah yeah
0: Happy water. They weren't lying.
1: Yeah, they were like, well, that was like the translation he could think of. Yeah, (laughs) I was just like, that is
0: great. Whoa, that is awesome. So, did you go anywhere else?
1: Uh, not on that trip, no.
0: Oh, Um, so it was just Vietnam, and you? Yeah, just just northern Vietnam. Kind of backpacked around. Yeah, backpacked
1: and like did a lot of hiking and boating and eating. It was just all around great. was all around just completely unbelievably incredible (laughs) i definitely recommend vietnam yeah the travel travel destination southeast
0: asia has always been like i don't know about like going there you know really yeah i don't know i've not i haven't felt it oh my god it's so
1: well i mean i've only been to vietnam um but it's incredibly gorgeous and it's um like you're just you can spend like hardly any money there and just have like an incredible experience um, mm-hmm. like we would take cabs for like 10 minutes or something. I think the exchange rate there is like 21,000 Vietnamese dong to one USD or something. So we Whoa. would, we would take cabs, um, for 15 minutes or something. And, you know, they'd be like, your total is a bazillion dong. And <laughs> it would, I'm it would, sorry. it would end up being like, it would end up being like $3, you know? I'm oh,
0: sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. One, one second. That's a very like, accurate. Is it? <laughs> The dong?
1: Vietnamese dong.
0: Dong? Yeah,
1: I think so. I don't know if I speak Vietnamese. I'm I'm inappropriate,
0: sure. Vietnam. Inappropriate. <laughs> you
1: didn't have to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny
0: just to see your face. I wish people could see your face when you go, that will be a bazillion dong. <laughs> well, um, welcome. Thank you. Everybody to episode, I think this is going to be number 22. Side Kickback Radio. It's May twentieth, two thousand fifteen, and I'm sitting here with Julie Young. Hi, Julie. Hello. How's it going?
1: Good. How are you? I'm great.
0: Thank you for asking. Um, so, Julie, you are one of my one of the many people I met at Sundance that are awesome, oh, doing thanks. amazing things. So, <laughs> and that, and that's why I wanted to bring you on here. Um, and in particular, your work at Emblematic mm-hmm. Group. So for, can you just tell people what is Emblematic Group?
1: Yeah, so Emblematic Group, um, um, we make virtual reality content, and most of it tends to be like kind of news or journalism focus. So um, this year at Sundance, we brought a piece called Project Syria, um, which basically uses virtual reality to place you in the middle of the Syrian civil war. Um, it's a pretty intense experience. Um, and uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, now, would you would is emblematic group like a production company or is it a studio? Like how do you guys coin term it, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, um right now we're operating mostly like a studio. Um but ultimately our vision is to become sort of like the go-to brand like distribution plus content for um like high-quality news in virtual mm-hmm. reality. So like the CNN of VR or something. So would it would like be that? like
0: virtual reality documentary type kind of thing.
1: Yeah, we'd probably have like all like like both ends of the spectrum like we'd have like like those high end like the front line type investigative things like high end kind of like storytelling pieces of journalism but then also have kind of like live news yeah yeah
0: interesting ultimately now so like for instance your projects are not like listed on imdb but Mm -hmm. you were at sundance which is you know an independent film festival right and so like it's this weird like um you know, virtual reality's place in the world, mm-hmm. and uh, like, how do you see it kind of making its way into media? Is it because, like, for emblematic, maybe you guys are news, but will there be eventually virtual reality like movies mm-hmm. where it's like complete three D immersive experiences? Yeah, story, definitely, definitely. You know?
1: Um, you know, I think the main limiting factor with VR now is just that the quality of the hardware isn't really there yet. Um, but it will be there definitely within the next two years.
0: And you're talking about like the goggles and the packs. Mm-hmm. And everything. So the goggles
1: and um, um, a big content, a big problem that a lot of content creators face with VR is just nausea, um, because the headsets don't um, they don't track your vision fast enough. Uh-huh. So you will look one way to the left, but then there's like a slight lag, and that will actually cause like a small degree of nausea. Uh-huh. Um, so that's one of the reasons why a lot of the content is short right now. Um, because you can't really put someone in a headset for, like, an for hour and a half ones, and just yeah. expect them to be <laughs> cool with it. <laughs> um, yeah. But I have been in headsets for – I don't get nauseous easily, and I, I I could sit in a headset for four hours, honestly, <laughs> and oh. entertain myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, excuse
0: me. I guess you're a professional headset. Where... I'm just a
1: professional, you know. M-
0: <laughs> so seasickness is not a thing you're prone to, I take it.
1: Actually, in, in, interestingly <laughs> enough, yeah. um, I'm very – okay, so – Sea C- sickness is similar to VR sickness, but um, well, is that, is that actually... a thing?
0: VR sickness?
1: <laughs> okay. Well, well. So, so the nausea that you get from VR is different from like the nausea that you would get from because the nausea that you get from VR is your vision is moving, but your body isn't. Uh-huh. But the nausea that you get from like uh, a boat or a car is your vision is stationary and your body's moving. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like reverse. Um, nausea, so I get car sick very easily, but I don't get VR sick huh. easily. So, so you're you not to really do sure this. what that means.
0: <laughs> you were born to do this. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you're like genetically engineered to be a VR producer. Well,
1: I I don't know. I think it actually probably works against me um, because um, like our CEO Nani, for example, she's very sensitive, but it makes her a fantastic. You know, it's one of the reasons why she's in, like in a fantastic director mm-hmm. because she can tell how to tell stories to eliminate nausea and um,
0: Mm
1: where it's like, I just put anything on. I'm like, it looks great. Like everyone's going (laughs) to love it, you know? (laughs) So, so,
0: um, so you were, you're a producer and specifically with Project Syria, what is your role in in creating that, that piece?
1: Yeah. So Project Syria, I actually didn't do, I had an AP credit, but I was hired uh, basically in post. Like I I did a lot of the work leading up to Sundance Um, But then on the piece that we're doing now um, that we're releasing next week, it's called Kia. Um, I did a lot of like AP type work with it, Um, you know, organizing everything, like making sure we have the right actors We're you know, sending out the payments on time to everybody, Mm -hmm. um, coordinating things. Yeah. So
0: Kia is not a not a news based thing like Project Syria? What's what's the story? Yeah.
1: So Kia is um, a project that we're producing um, in partnership with Zero America. And um, we are releasing it at TED Women next week because our CEO, Nani, is speaking there. Um, and it basically, it's based on a, a true story in South Carolina where um, basically a woman was killed by um, her husband. Um, and it's just that we have <laughs> just the most, it's, it's a really disturbing story. Um, and we, we used all audio from like the 911 calls that the sisters made as they were trying to like stop it from happening. Um, and basically we just put you on scene and you're just a witness to it mm-hmm. um, so it's an incredibly disturbing but really powerful piece and it's going to be great because it's that it's released with Ted Women because it does have kind of like a like an, like domestic violence theme to it
0: yeah. I, in doing my research I saw a video that Nani made mm-hmm. and in to- you mentioned the audio and she in the video mentioned that you know that was where you started with Project Syria was the raw audio of these news clips of explosions happening in the street. Yeah, Because yeah. that's the hardest thing to recreate. And I know you mentioned there are actors. So yeah. can so, you talk about Yeah, totally. It that's like confusing, yeah. <laughs> it's to, no, no, I, I'm sure there's some sort of blend of, mm-hmm. of recreation and real stuff. Um, for instance, I just saw the film I Am Michael, which um, for those of you who've seen it, there's a part... Where there's a, a documentary, like the main, it's a true story, and the and the main character made a documentary, and they interspliced real footage from the real documentary with recreated footage with James Franco playing the main character.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So, I'm is it like that where you're taking actors and recreating some of the audio, mixing it with the real? Um,
1: um it can be. Um, there's lots of different ways to do content in VR. Like you can do three sixty cameras or um, CG. Um, we, for the most part, use CG so what that means is we'll usually take existing footage like with Syria we took an existing um, video and then recreated the environment in CG um and then um like basically you're creating it the same way that you create like a video game
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um we put it into unity 4 which is gaming engine um and then for the people um you use motion capture Mm-hmm. And then, like, facial capture as well. So you have to hire actors to actually, like, if if a character is, like, moving, you know, if you want a character to do something that you can't really, like, sort of write in there naturally, like, code them to do. Yeah. Like, if you want them to do a particular motion, like, ah, or, like, scream, yeah. Um, you have to have an actor act that out. Right. And then put that, like, movement into the animation. Right. So that's what we hired actors. To. So it's,
0: it's a, you're taking a footage that's shot with, like, a handy cam. Mm-hmm. And then you're hiring an actor to recreate those motions that the people do in the live event.
1: Yeah, or it doesn't even have to be So that
0: they can recreate it digitally with C G. Right. So right. that way it can it can merge into the you called it Unity for mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you cool. don't even have to have an existing video of it. You can just sort of do what you would imagine them mm-hmm. to do. Right. Um and yeah, and then you, you do that with facial as well. Like you have um like we had an actress just deliver all the lines and we had markers all over her face and then just the movement of her face we, you capture that and then put that onto the animation yeah. so it just makes very realistic looking um animated people so the point that nani um was making about the audio is that um you know she's been in the industry for almost eight years so she's like a complete pioneer in vr um and she brought the first uh vr documentary to sundance in 2012 um but she's found that, that was
0: los Angeles. Uh, Hunger in L.A. Hunger in L.A.? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's a really, really cool piece. Um, But she's found that it doesn't really matter that the people are these sort of like CG characters. Um, What's really important is that you have real audio. So even if you have sort of sim-like characters around you Mm -hmm. doing these actions, if you have real audio, people will be just as immersed and just as, you know, affected which I think is a really interesting
0: did, aspect this, of VR. Yeah. yeah. Did, do you know why or is it just one of those things? It's just, just one of these things that's where that's she's put works. like
1: thousands and thousands and thousands of people through these experiences and she's been doing them for so long that she just knows. Yeah. Um yeah, so there's sort of two ways two main ways that you can do VR. You can either use 360 cameras or CG, which is what we do. Yeah. So um,
0: you talked about CG, but what about 360 cameras? What how does that work?
1: Mhm. So it's essentially just um, It's a lot simpler than people, than than it would seem to be. It's actually just, usually it's just six GoPros in a circle and um, you just like put the camera somewhere and you turn it on and then you walk away. There's no like, and then you come back and turn it off. (laughs) Um, There's no like big film crew or anything like that. It's really, it's really funny actually. Um, And then the the hard part comes in, you have to stitch all the, every like piece together, Mm -hmm. like all six pieces together so that it's kind of a. Coherent spherical like image. A panoramic yeah, panoramic, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah,
0: and that and that creates a live action.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's picture. what you would use okay. like actors for. Got it. Um, if you were going to go that route, uh huh. Um, it's a, there's an interesting kind of debate in the VR industry right now about um, CG versus 360 um, because 360 obviously tends to look a lot more realistic, but you can't walk around in the environment. So for example, most of the headsets on the market today are, have rotational tracking. So you can look around your virtual world but you can't walk through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be like, kind of like, it, you know how on Google maps you can't walk through, you can only like sort of jump?
0: The on street view? Yeah, yeah right. Could, you it, can't yeah. You can't
1: like walk through CG mm-hmm. video. I mean, yeah. uh, sorry, 360 video.
0: Um,
1: so there's this big debate about like, which one is gonna take off. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that 360 video is just a bridge until we have it's sort of this temporary bridge until we Mm -hmm. have really high quality cg because there's some amazing things that people have been able to do with um, some of the cameras out there like scanning environments scanning moving people Mm -hmm. where you can actually you know we could be having conversation right now the camera is scanning you moving Mm -hmm. and then you can put that into cg so that i could actually like if I was in the, the virtual world, I could actually look at you and yeah. and you would actually look realistic, not like a sim, yeah, so yeah, That's it's crazy. gonna be interesting. It's gonna be really interesting to see what happens, and especially in the future,
0: yeah, yeah, God, what are those movie theaters gonna look like? I know <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know I wonder I wonder all the time, you know, especially um there's so many interesting cases like concerts, for example, where now I mean people pay for you know a really um, popular um, like singer they'll pay thousands of dollars to be in like the first row yeah. you know and now like what's gonna happen are you gonna be able to
0: pay thousands still get people dollars. to pay
1: you know a lot of money to see a vr yeah concert or is it gonna be the kind of thing like everybody's just gonna like steal them and download them for free and that kind yeah. of thing so who yeah. knows
0: so at sundance <laughs> you were there you were one of the boots on the ground in terms of helping people through the experience. Mm-hmm. What was the response like?
1: Yeah, pretty incredible. Um, Syria is a really intense piece because it puts you in the middle of um, Aleppo and there's this little girl singing and everything seems normal. And then um, like a, a bomb just goes off right in front of you and everything turns to chaos. There's people screaming and all the audio is real. So that really just, it, it freaks a lot of people out. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, most people are fine when they go through it. Some people cry. Some people, as soon as the bomb goes off, they just have to take, they just, they're like, get the headset off of me. Uh-huh. They just close, I just tell them to shut their eyes and I remove the audio first. And then the experience is gone, more or less, yes. once the audio is gone. Um, but another weird thing that I've learned how to do is that I can kind of tell as soon as somebody puts on the headset, as soon as they see the environment, um, the people that are not, that are going to be particularly sensitive to it. They, they kind of, they all sort of react the same way as soon as they try it for the first time. Like, they they put it on, they see the environment, and they're like, wow, oh, my God. And that that's when I kind of warn them. I'm like, by the way, there's going to be, like, because <laughs> I don't want them to just be totally caught off guard. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Cool. And did you get, like, filmmakers or anything kind of? Like I'd imagine a filmmaker going through that and then being like, I want this, I want to use this technology, you know, were you getting people? Like- yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely. Um, there are a lot of people, um, you know, this was really just a huge year for VR um, and it really blew up at Sundance. So we got a lot of people coming through just sort of asking questions like, you know, where is this going? How quickly are people, is this going to catch on? Are people going to have headsets that quickly?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How can we distribute it? Is it expensive? Just all sorts of things all sorts of questions about whether or not it makes sense for them to do it.
0: Yeah. So when you guys do have a piece that you want to do, what's like the first step? Um, is it, do you write kind of the story of it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Typically. Yeah. Um, in most of our pieces, we work with real audio. Um, so it, it, Sort of the first main step is sort of making a script or so, just so cutting like, down the audio. It's like Nami yeah. will
0: hear of an event and she'll it'll she'll be get her exposure to it yeah. in whatever way through a news story or a video or whatever, and then she'll like hear the audio and be like, "This will be a great kind of subject."
1: Right, or um, you know, a client will come to us and say, "You know, we have all this footage, um, and a lot of it contains stories that are much better told in VR than in 2D." Mm-hmm. Um, so nani would just kind of go through it with her brilliant eye and pick out the the things that will work best in vr um and things that have sort of full audio clips with them always work the best
0: um it's kind of a weird
1: combination of like making a video game and making a film (laughs) it's like we write a script but then we hire all these engineers yeah Yeah, and you create it yeah yeah
0: cool well um we're gonna we're gonna shift gears a bit. I mean, we've been talking now for about 18 minutes. Oh, wow about emblematic, but I, this is also about you and, <laughs> and, and and your work and and where you've come from and where you're going. but um so uh, where are you from originally?
1: Um, I grew up in Vienna, Virginia, which is a suburb outside of DC.
0: Who. Very nice. Born and raised. Born and raised in Vienna. Well, yeah, <laughs> Actually, born. I was born in
1: Fairfax, but... Which is <laughs> where the hospital was. Yeah. But,
0: and, um, you know. and and talk to me about high school. What were you like in high school?
1: Yeah. So I went to an all-girls Catholic school.
0: Wow. I know. <laughs> That's such a weird experience.
1: I know. It was pretty weird. <laughs> it's pretty weird. No, it was a great school. Um, pretty hard. We had a lot of homework.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um... And, yeah. And were you artistically driven or like what was what was your extracurricular like work like?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I, I did a lot of um, – I was like the editor-in-chief of our literary magazine. Yeah. And I think yeah. – Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, all the weird kids <laughs> basically. <laughs> no, it was great. It was so great. Um, and I think that's – and I, I did a lot of theater and music stuff too. Um, so I think I was always sort of driven to um, entertainment.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: gotcha. and you know, in whatever form that was, any kind of art mm-hmm. I was driven to, but, um,
0: uh, my favorite question to ask okay. on, on this show is you go back to high school and you, you look at your Walkman CD player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're kind of young. You might've had an MP3 player by then. <laughs> Did you ever I definitely have...
1: had an iPod. You I definitely had a, like a phone that played music.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so no CD player?
1: CD uh, I'm 23.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm only two years older than you. <laughs> you, had, you had a CD
1: player? <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely had an iPod wow. starting in like seventh grade. <laughs> uh, I was behind the touch.
0: But anyway, let's pretend like you had a CD player and you opened it up. What CD would be in there?
1: Oh, in high school? Yeah.
0: Or like even middle school, like.
1: Oh, God. that's That's tough. I don't remember. It's one of those like,
0: what's the first thing that comes to mind? What's the first thing you see?
1: I listen. Well, I'm one of those people that tends to listen to like one song and uh-huh. repeat. And "Ignition Remix" by R. Kelly would, would be my song. <laughs> so, bounce, bounce,
0: so, bounce, yeah,
1: bounce. It's such a good song. <laughs>
0: wow, I was not so, yeah, expecting that Yeah, that that'd all. probably
1: be because <laughs> I don't really listen to a full CD. I just listen to uh-huh.
0: the same songs song over, over, and over and over again. again. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Um <laughs> great. That was a really good answer. Thanks. Um so you you um moved on from your all girl Catholic school I to did. Penn. Yes. And what did you study there? I believe it was operations and information management. <laughs>
1: yes. I told you um, I did my research. You <laughs> did. It's really <laughs> impressive actually. <laughs> um yeah, so I went to I did their their undergraduate business program. So
0: so is operations and information management just a really fancy way of saying business? <laughs>
1: well, it's like, that's the concentration within,
0: you, the can, you can choose a
1: number of concentrations oh, in the business school, and that was just the one that I chose. Um, it's sort of a combination of supply chain logistics and like data mining, stuff like that,
0: Ma- math
1: type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. not so <laughs> artistically driven, though. Not so artistically driven, no. So Um, I've always really loved, like, investing and finance and and been really interested in it. Um, I started investing on, I think, on my 18th birthday, actually, um, was when I opened my account. Um, So, I've always, I think, throughout college, wanted to sort of combine entertainment and business. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm. that's kind of led me to sort of where my job is now.
0: And did you do anything on the side artistically in college? Yeah, everything. (laughs) (laughs) Everything on the
1: side was artistic. Like, I did tons of theater, um, tons of singing. Um, I was a studio singer my senior year, like, for a songwriter, which basically just means that you – Provide the vocal track.
0: Yeah, caught that um, too. Yeah, because essentially, yeah. <laughs> I, I pulled everything from your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I saw that you you were a singer for. Yeah, yeah. You laid down demo tracks. I did. Yeah. So
1: basically, the songwriter hires the studio singer to just just lay down the vocal track, and then uh-huh. he or she goes out and tries to sell the songs. Right. So I did a lot of stuff like that, um, and then I was in like our our campus web series.
0: Really? Yeah. As an actress?
1: Yeah. I was
0: Wow. I was one of the
1: three leads actually. Oh. I played Zoe Stone. <laughs> Zoe Stone? Yeah, it was a it was a web series about um uh like these three they 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 frame themselves as TAs, but actually they run like an underground cheating service at a college. <laughs> so it's just like the things that they do and the yeah. trouble they get into and it was really fun, but it was a ton of work. Like my senior year, I didn't do anything, but like <laughs> I feel like I didn't do anything but film that show. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> all the while doing your data mining and yeah, testing. yeah. But
1: my senior year, I was so checked out. I was just like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think I was taking one class. That's
0: funny because because I was a theater major, <laughs> and you can't check out senior year. You're <laughs> yeah, not no, allowed to. No.
1: no, I distinctly remember my I the only C I ever got in college was in this class called Accounting One Hundred and Two. And it was basically like job costing and stuff like that. And Ooh, I just dis- jo- job costing.
0: What is job costing? It's it's, it's
1: the, the type of accounting that is most relevant for anything in the entertainment industry. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I really should have been paying more attention. <laughs> but I distinctly remember like my last like the last day of my of school was like in the exam for that class. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had, I hadn't gone to the class once the entire semester. Like, not even one time. I would just show up and take the exams and just get a, like, score at the bottom of the curve and just be like, well, it's fine. because <laughs> um, I was so checked out at that point. Um, but I remember <laughs> the very last day I had, I had blocked out the whole day to just, to just cram for this class and just try to do all the practice I could and like write everything humanly possible on my cheat sheet. Like, they gave you like one note where you could, yeah. one, piece of paper where you could write anything you wanted um and i just remember all i did all day was watch beyonce videos (laughs) and just not study anything and then i think i scored in like the ninth percentile or something like they give you like this like like bell curve thing of like (laughs) it was just like my worst class ever (laughs) so yeah i was done i was ready to move Uh, to la at that point (laughs) right
0: um but you were a financial analyst first.
1: I was at Goldman Sachs. I was well. That was actually uh the summer after my junior year. Oh, okay. So I was like an intern there. Gotcha. Yeah, um yeah. Now thinking back on it now, it's so weird that I did that. What? <laughs> yes, because it just seems so. I don't know. It just seems so different from something that I do now. <laughs> because now I'm so immersed in all these like well, right. That's why kind I wrote of it down. borderline I like, artistic things. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, I wrote it, just, it down because it was like you're a singer, a financial analyst, and now you <laughs> yeah. produce virtual reality content.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean they're they're such a great company, and it was like mm-hmm. a great opportunity to be able to intern there. So I did it.
0: Cool. So, um, so then, so you graduate from Penn. Graduate. Yeah. Got your degree in operations and information <laughs> management, um, and then you move straight to LA.
1: Um, I finished up. I, I sort of had a six month sort of deal with the um, the songwriter I was working for. Okay. Um, so I stayed in Philly for another two months mm-hmm. um, to finish up my work with him, um, and then moved to LA on July
0: 9th Oh, you you marked the I,
1: I, I know this because I actually just applied that particular flight to my frequent flyer um, uh. account yesterday. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Yeah. See, so, so that was less than a year ago.
1: Yeah, less than a year ago. Gotcha. So coming up on one year.
0: Great. Well congrats. Yeah, welcome. Thanks. How you like it so far? I love it. You love it? I love it so
1: much. I'm never moving.
0: <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. You're set.
1: I mean, I hate I'm one of those people that gets super like it'll be like fifty degrees out mm-hmm. and I just I can't bear it. I need to be wearing, like, a parka and a hat and a scarf, so...
0: What was Philly like when it was It was miserable. It was I just... I didn't
1: do anything. I just sat in my room, like, <laughs> feeling bad for myself. Wow. <laughs> Watching Beyonce videos. <laughs> right. um, um
0: You did um, skip something where... You did a documentary for Frontline? Yeah, Fast yeah. Fast Times at Philly? Fast West Times Philly. at West Philly, High. yeah. Yeah. That
1: was... That was a crazy, incredible experience. So, basically, I... Um, I forget. I I think it was the fall of my sophomore year in college. I was basically had this huge like quarter life crisis or something, and I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to withdraw from school for a semester <laughs> because that's super rational. Um no, so yeah, it's right? Not the worst <laughs> idea. Yeah, right. There's there's definitely worse decisions <laughs> I could have made. Um, but yeah, so I left school. Um, and I started working on this documentary um uh that was based in philly um and the and it was it it was basically a documentary about um this group of students at a um, at west philadelphia high school who were competing in the x prize um
0: which is
1: it's sort of um this particular contest in the x prize was basically all these different teams come together and compete um to build, like, the best hybrid car. Ah. Huh. Um, and so this group of students from West Philly High School, which were operating on a budget that was way tinier than everyone else's. Yeah. Like, there was, like, huge players there. Like, I think Tesla was in it. Like, MIT was in it. Like, huge people with huge budgets. And and this was, like, this group of students from West Philadelphia High School. And they made it to the semifinals. And it's just, just this incredibly inspiring story. Wow. And I completely fell in love with it. And, um...
0: How did you, how did you get that gig?
1: Um... You know what? I actually found it on Craigslist.
0: Are you serious? Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Cause I was like, you know, basically, I, <laughs> I decided I was gonna, you know, take time off from school. I went home uh, for Christmas break, like, spent time with my family, and they were like, "You need to get your shit together." <laughs> and I was like, "It's it's fine. I'll get a job. i it's just like, I'll find a job or something." So I like get back to school, and I'm just like, "Where did people get jobs?" And <laughs> Craigslist. <laughs> Craigslist naturally. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so the. The um, executive producer of that film was uh, also a Penn grad, so I think that she saw my resume and was like, "Oh, come interview for it." Oh. And then I think I had an added advantage of having unlimited amounts of free time because <laughs> I wasn't in school, so I was kind of a PA, and then I was a PA for a couple a while, and then got sort of promoted to AP, oh, and um, then we ended up, yeah, it ended up being on PBS, and yeah. it was an incredible experience, yeah.
0: Wow, that's great! So, good solution
1: um, to my midlife crisis.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go be an associate producer on no. the CBS documentary, like you do. So, so that was sophomore year, like you're saying. Yeah. And now back to graduation. You move to LA, and you do you start working for Emblematic right away? Uh,
1: more or less. I um, I knew I wanted to work in the future of entertainment. Um and the future of entertainment. Yeah. I just, I wanted to be, I don't want to work in entertainment.
0: (laughs) I (laughs) want to work work in the future of entertainment. (laughs)
1: Um, but I basically, (laughs) that's the title. (laughs) Essentially. Yeah. Well, I basically (laughs) asked myself, you know, what, where, you know, there's so many things that are happening with tech and distribution that are just turning everything upside down. And I just asked myself, you know, where is this going? And, um, I was like, vr naturally <laughs> yeah um so i actually found nani um on the internet and um just bombarded her with <laughs> with like emails and like i like wrote her facebook messages it was like totally creepy <laughs> um and just like begged her to meet with me um huh. and then here i am
0: and at the time she was how, how old is emblematic again it's...
1: um it's essentially two years old, but we we really sort of got, yeah. things really got moving for us sort of this year mm-hmm. um, after Sundance and so, with so all the new the, hardware. Yeah, the at year, the time yeah. that
0: you were bombarding her, Emblematic was established in.
1: Um, Sort of, yeah. It's yeah. more or less the same, like, couple of people working there, yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. So you said, it's totally flipping... No, back, you you mentioned actors are involved. Yes. And, and I do have some actor friends that listen to this. Ooh. Um, now, in the virtual reality world, mm-hmm. acting, I'm, that must be different. It's different than acting for film. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. So, I mean, do you have any insight into that? Do you get to watch the filming of it? And-
1: uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's two types, right? So there's, there's well, three types, really. There's, there's motion capture acting, which is when you just get um, it's it's that that first part I was describing where you the, capture the, the, the actual the movement. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. But then there's facial capture, which is when we put um, markers all over somebody's face yeah. and they just deliver lines really expressively. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's acting in regular three sixty film, but with a three sixty camera.
0: Right.
1: And um, so obviously motion motion capture and facial capture are, are just they're different types of acting in the sense that. Um, it's less, it's less about subtlety. Hmm. Actually, I don't even know if, I, if that's really the right way to put it. Um, I mean, it's about what your body's doing. Right. And then, so I think that it's just,
0: yeah. you're
1: less concerned with sort of like, if you blink here or if you shift your eyes, you're just more concerned with like, is my body making the right expression? Right. Um, so in that sense, it's different. So,
0: and, and for film actors, we talk about working in frames. Mm-hmm. So we know that if the frame is here, like, and I'm moving my hands around my head really close, like yeah. it's a close-up for those of you not seeing me right now. <laughs> and so a close-up, we know we're working in this very small frame. Right. So we can't move our shoulders, you know, we can't, we, everything has to be very still. Right. And you want to have as little facial um, micro expressions as possible. Yeah, yeah. Because it's distracting, you know, little twitches and stuff. Right. And so for motion capture... Are, are the graphic artists that eventually work with that information are they able to like tone things down and remove fidgets and stuff like that you know what I mean
1: uh yeah to an extent um we also do multiple takes right of each one but so like um, the
0: actor can be free to do something because the i I'd, I'd assume the graphic artist could be like his hand is doing something weird let me just freeze it
1: yeah yeah you know yeah there's definitely edits that you can do there um That's with so- with facial though it gets a little bit trickier. Uh-huh. Then, so motion capture is one thing, but then facial—I'm um, not too experienced with how it works, but mm-hmm. my understanding is that it's pretty—you um, know, everything kind of moves together. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of want a good.
0: I mean, clear. I believe what they do is that they establish like multiple points across the face, mm-hmm. and so every time you move, it's like you see the points. Yeah, you moving, have that and, one point. Yeah. And the artist can can move those points however mm-hmm.
1: they. Please. Oh, can they? Okay. I, actually, I, didn't I actually didn't know that.
0: <laughs> I, I was saying that in the hopes that you'd be like, "Yes, you're right." Yes, but totally. You have no idea, Brilliant.
1: So. <laughs> no, this is actually my first. Uh, this piece that we're finishing for Al Jazeera is my first ever piece involving facial capture uh-huh. that I've ever. Well, really you'll really have done, to put so. me in touch with some. Yeah, so one day artists. I'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or um, you can come back on. I mean, right. You can do um, a two.
1: But then the difference with three hundred and sixty acting is just that instead of having you know this one shot mm-hmm. it's just the whole world is right. a shot so so it's almost like
0: a play yeah stage. exactly
1: exactly so i remember you know when i was acting whenever they're doing like a close-up on somebody else i was like oh thank god i'm just gonna sit here and do nothing <laughs> and not care about <laughs> my face um and but you can never my sorry <laughs> but you can never do that in vr you know it's uh, yeah because somebody somebody can put on the goggles and always be looking at you right, right? yeah
0: Wow. That's interesting stuff. Yeah. Is there like an IMDB for virtual reality yet? Is there so, a place where you can look it's up? It's actually so interesting
1: you bring that up because I was just thinking the other day that we really need to start putting our pieces onto IMDB. Um, because there are some VR experiences on there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just categorized as shorts. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, for instance, so, like, yeah. I looked up Nani. I looked at her up on IMDB. hmm and it, if according to IMDb, she hasn't worked in like a couple of years. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm pretty, or at the very least, I was like, there hasn't been anything for a few years, you know. Uh-huh. But she's doing all this amazing stuff, and, and guys right. should get out there, you know. Right. And I don't see why it can't be considered like a short film or like right, a, right. You know.
1: Yeah. No, we we really should have him on there. Um. Yeah. We're we just get on we're just lazy yeah (laughs) we should definitely have them you know submitted and properly um, included on there i think yeah i mean vr films are going to become so much more common especially over the next 18 months so it'll i think it'll definitely be commonplace to have them on what's coming
0: do you know something that we don't
1: (laughs) everything (laughs) everything Everything. you don't even know it's going to be so awesome Uh yeah you're just going to have a headset In your living room. A headset that you can walk around with. It's going to look like glasses. It's going to be so inconspicuous eventually. It's going to be awesome.
0: I feel like that'll be a weird date, though. (laughs) If you're like, honey, come over and let's watch (laughs) a movie. And you put on goggles and completely disconnect from each other. (laughs) just (laughs) It's like... (laughs) <laughs> like, you try and so make awesome. out and you're knocking the goggles, <laughs> and it's, like, every time you, like, turn to kiss them, they're, like, the, the screen will move.
1: Actually, no, it's, uh, <laughs> VR porn oh. is gaining a lot of traction. I'm like, a su- lot of traction.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I wasn't going to go there, but you, you can. <laughs> I went there. You went there.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. Um, I was watching this hilarious video of um, people doing VR porn for the first time. <laughs>
0: Wait, what do you mean by doing watching or just sitting, making sitting
1: in the goggles oh, okay just like,
0: you know <laughs> so observing viewing the observing R- porn. VR point <laughs> yeah
1: exactly <laughs> and um it's so funny because they say things are like oh oh i'm the boy oh like <laughs> 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 <and> they just <laughs> it's so hysterical it's so, so funny hysterical. <laughs> yeah it's it's gonna be you know what, i actually haven't tried it yet but Okay. I don't even know where to find it actually, but I'm sure it'll be a big part of the industry. The funny thing now though is that a lot of it is, um, um, it's done in CG. So it literally looks like two Sims, like making Sims, <laughs> like having sex. And like, I don't, you know, I haven't tried it in VR, but like, I don't think I would find that like particularly arousing. <laughs>
0: you mean two computer generated -generated generated
1: humans uh, yeah but the the most hilarious part of it is um they have to they have to motion capture all of that right Uh. so you put the (laughs) actors in these really clunky suits with like the the, you know Uh the the motion trackers all over them and then they have to like do the motions of sex and capture (laughs) it's just it's so it's so funny to me like i know it's so bizarre but it's definitely going to be a hugely important part of vr um
0: that's, that's, human, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's
1: something, right? The human
0: condition for you, your people. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, what's your, uh, or do you, you totally don't have to know yet, but do you have kind of an idea of where you want your career to go in terms of? Yeah, I don't know.
1: I, um, I definitely like the intersection of business and entertainment. Um, I originally thought I wanted to be a music manager, and I think I might actually still become one eventually. Um, you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on the side, if you want. I just, I love it so much, and I, I really love the music industry and just the challenges that it's facing, um, but VR is just so incredible, so mm-hmm. definitely want to be in that, too. Maybe I could combine them. Like I was thinking that it would be really cool if I could um, like produce music videos for people mm-hmm. in VR. That would um, be crazy. Yeah. Or just sort of developing
0: concert experiences, like yeah, definitely. Like watching a concert DVD is great, but imagine that virtual. Oh yeah, it's
1: gonna be incredible.
0: God, you don't even have to like.
1: You don't have to do anything. You don't have to go there. You don't have to like.
0: This is the beginning of those people in the Wall-E.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
0: And <laughs> the by and large ship.
1: That's yeah, so painful. Just the like, future's
0: going to be awesome. It's <laughs> like, I'm going to a concert. Put the goggles on. <laughs> Put the goggles on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sit back. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's going to be amazing. And I, I imagine, you know, I can only imagine what it's, what's going to happen to festivals and that sort of thing. Just that whole culture of festivals. Because a lot of, you know, one of the only things that really makes a lot of money in music right now is touring. Um mm-hmm. um And VR, I think, is going to be a huge part of the innovation in touring. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that's going to be great for the music industry or really harmful for it. You
0: mean in terms of, like, if there's a concert, you have the thousands in attendance, but then you can have thousands in attendance virtually. Yeah, like you could live stream stream it in VR and and just have people
1: watch it in their goggles and and charge them for it.
0: Yeah.
1: But, you know, on, on the flip side of that is it might be really easy for people to just steal it and not pay for the concert at all and really feel like they're there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So now, I mean, you can steal music and you can watch videos. I mean, everybody that goes to a concert, you know, a hardcore fan of an artist has already seen the concert on YouTube. Yeah. Um. So I wonder if that's going to be – but, but still actually physically being there or feeling like you're being there is what they pay for, like the whole experience. So I wonder if VR is going to supplement that or replace it.
0: Um, I guess we'll have to wait. Yeah, you know, have to wait
1: and find out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the future.
1: Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming for sure.
0: You had you mentioned before we started recording um, Trayvon? You guys have a piece on Trayvon? Yeah,
1: we um we did a piece on Trayvon Martin, which um uh we it was our first Gear VR piece, and we released it at South by Southwest. What is that? What does that mean? Gear. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so Gear VR is um. <laughs> It's it's the white headset. Have you seen that? It runs off a Samsung Note four. Um, it's sort of it, it's a really consumer friendly headset essentially, okay. um, and it's just it's really comfortable to wear. Um, like just really great headset. I love it. <laughs> I could sit in it all day. Um, and it, that um, we built a piece that essentially just places the viewer like sort of in the middle of the like, events leading up to and during Trayvon Martin's death. Um, It's a really intense piece because we use again, all real audio from the 911 calls. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, you can't see anything because that would be, like, a huge, you know, a huge breach of journalistic integrity to to show what happened. But, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like we put you in the middle of, like, three different apartment phone calls that were made um, Mm -hmm. from the apartment sort of surrounding where he was killed, um, where people were calling 911 being like, I I hear, you know, people screaming and – um, mm-hmm. you know, I can't see anything, so you can't see anything. It's just dark outside.
0: Um, so you're getting like the witnesses' perspective, yeah.
1: You're, you're feeling it, but you're mm-hmm. not, you know, obviously, we would never show anything that wasn't verified right. because,
0: right, right. um, and that's at South by Southwest, South by mm-hmm. Southwest.
1: Uh, the Southwest? we showed it there, yeah. That just um, yeah, in I think March.
0: And how was it received? I mean,
1: well, yeah, yeah, really well. Um, I think people were, um, Really like just, it's a really um powerful piece to to sit there and and listen to real audio, and watch the witnesses react. It's intense. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Anything else that I missed? Uh,
1: that's all. I think.
0: I mean, you you did. We built a
1: Formula One race car too. What? We built a race car.
0: You built a race car. Yeah,
1: for Standard Chartered Bank. You know those like arcade games where you're driving a race car. Yeah. Um. We built one of those. It was actually before I started working there um, in virtual reality. So you basically feel like you're actually... See, we, so we, we use like a play seat, so you're actually in a car uh-huh. with a steering wheel. Okay. And you're driving, and there's a fan too, so when you accelerate, the fan blows in your face, and it feels <laughs> like you're really driving. <laughs>
0: Whoa.
1: Yes, we did that too.
0: And is, is that one live action? Because I'd imagine you can fix it. No, that one's also... Yeah,
1: because you have to drive through everything.
0: Oh, you can control yeah. the steering wheel like it's. Oh yeah, it's you're connected. driving. it. You're driving a oh, real car. Oh
1: wow! Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's actually probably one of yeah, it's one of my favorite VR experiences.
0: That's <laughs> funny. We, you got you got Project Syria. You got <laughs> yeah. Trayvon and then, <laughs> and then.
1: Formula. And, and then race we built car. a race car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to have fun, yeah. right? People? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's really interesting. Sort of the the brand that Nani's develops because she's just she's such a you know, she has this incredible brand for telling stories for people that haven't, you know, had their chance to have their stories really be told well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this, and she has a background in journalism, print and documentary journalism. Um, But then at the same time, she's just like this, you know, she understands how all the hardware and software and storytelling comes together to make just any kind of incredible piece. So, um, You know, in this case, you know, they came to her and said, We know you know how to build this, so build it. (laughs) And she's brilliant, so Wow. Yeah. It's
0: awesome. Yeah. Is there any way that people can kind of follow and keep up to date on what you guys are doing?
1: Um, we have an Instagram account at emblematic group.
0: All right. At emblematic group. Uh,
1: Yeah. And we also have a Twitter account. Okay. Called at (laughs) Emblematic Group. Great. (laughs) And a Facebook page called Emblematic Group.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And what about you? Do you want to promote any of your Twitter handle. Yeah, I have
1: a Twitter handle. I forget what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I tweet like the best stuff because I can't even remember what. Oh, it's at juliey 4 and my Instagram account is also at juliey 4 Cool. Yeah. Great. Send me things. Tag send- me. Tag me in things. <laughs> send me things. I don't care what. <laughs> <laughs> send me anything. Direct messages. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Great. Uh, well, don't forget to follow me, folks. At Andrew Fromer. At Sidekickback. And thank you so much for listening. And uh, this is your last chance to plug anything before we do the sign-off. You good?
1: I'm um, good. All right. Well, now you just have to <laughs> sign us off. And, uh... But see, I'm in I'm in a VR experience, so I can't. I'm not listening to you.
0: Wow. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it recording until you do it, though. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, what is it? Sidekickback Radio. Sidekickback Radio. Whatcha. Okay. Sidekickback Radio. Whatcha. enough clean clean sound <laughs> enough <laughs> enough room tone <laughs>